0: A friendly warning some of the stories in the monster box contain scenes depicting adult themes strong language sexual content and intense violence listener discretion is advised hello friend and welcome to the monster box a collection of audio stories of and about monsters inspired by the D&D universe. I'm your resident monster host and narrator, Chuck D. Yeager. Beside me sits the aforementioned Monster Box, a treasure chest full of stories written by a collective of monster lovers, like yourself, known as the Monster Nation. Each time I open it, I release a new tale about a different creature for your enjoyment. So let's lift the lid and see what awaits us. Today's mysterious narrative focuses on the Dryad. Now, many of you might be familiar with these female fairy spirits which live within trees. They act as guardians of the natural world around them, striding from plant to plant as they watch over their lands, unable to travel far from their bonded tree Trees can have many uses for a community living nearby, though, and some of those might be of the darker variety. What might happen when such a tree has a Dryad lurking inside? This story is brought to you by me, dear listener. I hope you enjoy it. It's entitled, Green and Golden Flowers. Jasper watched the spider cocoon its latest catch in fascination and silently wondered after the dying creature. The dragonfly was more than half entombed in the sticky webbing by the time he'd seen it. A palm-sized spider Bearing yellow speckles across its abdomen worked methodically at her task. The dew of the early morning mists clung like beaded bits of glass in the large web anchored between rock and tree. Jasper watched on as the dragonfly jerked once in a vain attempt to free itself before finally stilling. The spider did not halt its work.
1: Ew, what's that?
0: Came a high-pitched voice from behind him. It's a spider, said Jasper flatly. He brushed a stray lock of his long brown hair from his eyes, never once taking his gaze from the spectacle of nature in front of him. He was tired of explaining the obvious to Lily, his little sister. Just a few days past seven years old, Lily was all cute brown curls, frilly dresses, and strong opinions about, well, everything. These days the mere sound of her voice caused Jasper to wish for time alone, hence the walk this early in the woods near their house. He had thought she would still be sleeping like father had been when he had crept out, dreaming of whatever it was that little girls dreamt about when they weren't busy complaining or bothering their older siblings. It would appear he had been mistaken on that point.
1: Why are you looking at it then?
0: Her tone made it clear that spiders were not something worth her attention. Because, he retorted, watching the arachnid spin another thread around the wings of its prey. It's the cycle of life, Lil. Some things live, and other things die. "'Besides, even spiders have to eat,' Lily made a disgusted face. Then in the blink of an eye, her expression changed to one of sweet innocence and genuine interest.
1: "'You're still going to the gathering today,'
0: Jasper grimaced inwardly but kept his face neutral. "'Of course,' Lily looked down briefly, then turned and skipped a few paces back down the path she had traveled, to a lump of green moss growing by the side of a great ash tree. Her delicate fingers traced the soft sponginess of the flora, while her eyes traveled up the tree's great bulk. Jasper stared at her for a while, wishing she would head back and leave him in peace.
1: How there isn't, you know,
0: she finally said, a distant look playing across her doll-like face. She moved from tree to tree, stopping to pick up a smooth rock slightly smaller than her palm. She felt it briefly before flinging it into a nearby creek. The soft sploosh told Jasper her aim had been true. None of this was news to him, Jasper knew his father wasn't fond of the ritual that the town had dubbed The Gathering. Honestly, he couldn't really blame the man. It wasn't like The Gathering was a joyous occasion. And besides, his father used any excuse to dive into his work and escape the local gossip these events often brought. Jasper knew their father would be busy working in the shop that sat beside their house, preparing leather and soles for the next batch of shoes or boots that had been paid for. Being the town cobbler certainly kept him busy, which was good for the family, as it brought in the money needed to survive. With a heavy sigh, Jasper turned from the spider to look at his sister. Why are you here, Lily? Do you need something? Lily stopped skipping amongst the bushes and trees and giggled softly. Nope, came the cheerfully tart reply. Jasper breathed in once for patience and then gestured back down the trail to their home. Well then, don't you have chores to be getting on to before the gathering? The look on his face clearly indicated that even if she didn't, she should. Lily towed at a small green frog hopping nearby as she laced her hands behind her back and held her head up high. Nope. She called back in a sing-song voice as she began to sway back and forth, rocking on her buckled shoes. Jasper knew that continuing down this path with Lily was likely to make him even more annoyed. A sudden thought occurred to him, and he decided to take a new tact. Well then, he said, glancing back briefly to the spider and her prey. I guess I should leave you. Unlike you... I do have some place to be. Lily's eyes momentarily opened wider and her sway faltered ever so slightly. Curiosity exploded across her face as she launched into a barrage of questions.
1: Where? What is it? Where are you going? What are you doing? Is it a secret? Is someone meeting you? Who? Who is it?
0: Her questions came faster than the local drunks on a free ale night at the Toasted Tavern. Jasper smiled to himself quietly as he turned and walked back down the path that would take him into town. Lily was a blur of frills and curls as she bounded past him. She quickly spun around and walked backwards ahead of him. (laughs) Slow down and watch where you're going, said Jasper. It'd be a shame if you tripped and tore that pretty dress in a patch of nettles. Lily at least had the common sense to halt her backpedaling and match his stride. Her hands unconsciously smoothed her dress as if to soothe it from her brother's horrible insinuations.
1: Answer me!
0: Her petulant whine reminded Jasper of the cries of the baby goats near the Henson's farm except the goats were way, way less exhausting to deal with. I'm going, Jasper started, trying hard to hide his growing mirth, to the broken well. Lily stopped so fast she almost tripped and fell. Jasper continued walking. He knew she was afraid of that place. The old broken well near the tree line just north of town was nothing to be worried about. But for some reason, Lily had always hated that place. She said it gave her nightmares. If there was one place he would find peace before the gathering claimed his time, it was there.
1: Why? Why do you have to go there?
0: Her voice was softer now, hushed and hollow. Jasper halted and spun smoothly on his heel. He cocked one eyebrow at her. Why don't you come and find out? Lily chewed at her bottom lip and fiddled with her dress. Then she shook her head and broke off at a trot away from him
1: just remembered I forgot Sina back at the house.
0: Sina was Lily's favorite doll.
1: I'll meet you at the gathering. Don't be late, Scout.
0: It was a nickname she sometimes used for him when they had both been younger. Jasper had often pretended to be one of the king's scouts searching for a bandit, played by Lily, of course, in a little game of hide-and-seek. Back then, the forest had been a place for both of them to enjoy together. Jasper watched as Lily disappeared down the forest path that would take her home. Jasper couldn't help but smile at his own cleverness. He breathed in the crisp morning air and allowed his shoulders to relax. Being around Lily could really work him up at times. He was glad he had thought quickly about a way to salvage what little free time he had left. Just then, a peal of bells sounded beyond the trees. Jasper looked up with a start, but the repeated pattern was not signaling an alarm. It was the sound the town used for a general summons. Judging by the light in the woods, Jasper had thought it was still early but the bells indicated that he had spent longer than he had thought in the forest this morning. The gathering was getting started. Adjusting his cloak about his shoulders, Jasper gave one more longing look to the leaf-strewn path that Chris crossed before him. He had always found solace in the woods. Turning reluctantly, he set off back down the same path Lily had chosen and headed back home. Nearby, the spider kept spinning. Jasper stood shoulder to shoulder with 80 or so townsfolk gathered in the glade. Ahead of them was a massive willow tree. The trunk was easily nine grown men across, and the branches stretched so high it felt as if, at times, it was a pillar supporting the very heavens above. Hundreds of heavy boughs of wispy green fronds cascaded like emerald waterfalls around the tree. Dozens of yellow calla lilies grew among the dark green ivy near its base. Despite its beauty and majesty, Jasper always thought it looked like a sad thing. He remembered mentioning that to Lily once. She had shaken her head and said it looked like a woman's face framed with a full head of green hair. Nothing about the tree looked even remotely like a girl to Jasper. Honestly, he didn't know where Lily got these strange ideas at times. At the memory, he cast his eyes about for signs of his sister amidst the throng of people. He thought he spied her with Davy and Jordan. of her favorite playmates but she had disappeared behind the harker's hay cart before he could call out to her why did he suddenly want to draw her attention when he had just spent the morning avoiding it the thought bothered him it made no sense he pushed it away chalking it up to being nervous about the gathering like his father he wasn't a huge fan of the event and he knew others shared his feelings too but not many would dare miss it it was a ritual of sorts It was tradition and the people of hunter's hollow honored their traditions as if on cue the speaker for the town stepped up onto a large cantered stone near the great willow the people of hunter's hollow called it the speaker's stone because it was the best place for someone who wanted to be seen and heard among the crowd that could gather everyone's attention edmund hawthorne was a portly man in his mid-fifties with premature white hair spilling in waves from beneath his blue woolen cap he wore a simple vest and breeches With a new pair of boots. Jasper recognized the dyed black high-calf boots. He himself had helped fashion them a few months back when Speaker Hawthorne came calling.
1: People of the Hollow,
0: started Edmund in his usual deep bellow. You all know the reason for our presence here today. Many in the crowd muttered an assent. Here and there, people shifted on their feet in anticipation of his next words. Edmund Hawthorne nodded a few times as he peered out over the resolute faces of his community. Jasper's face wasn't the only one that wore a grim expression. Overhead, the gray skies began to allow a slow drizzle to
1: fall. We do not take this lightly, for it is never an easy thing when a gathering is called. But we must do it. It is our duty to each other. The safety of the hollow demands it.
0: With that, the speaker gestured to the side where the crowd was parting. Jasper was sure he saw Lily now, darting out of the way of some of the town's larger men who were leading a young man with a gold vestment draped about his shoulders into the glade. What was she doing over there? He watched as she darted towards the tree line with a few other kids. He would have to talk to her afterwards. He could have sworn he saw Speaker Hawthorne glance her way, a look of disappointment flickering across his face. The man wearing the golden cloth was shaking now. His face was turned away from Jasper, but his movements reminded Jasper of a cornered animal unsure of whether to run or fight back. The bindings holding his hands behind his back and the thick cord of rope around his neck told Jasper that neither was likely going to happen. He'd seen too many gatherings to know how they all ended. Sometimes people tried to run. Other times they fainted dead away when they reached the clearing. Once he even saw a young girl bite and kick so hard they had to get four men just to hold her down before the potion could be administered. But in the end, the result was always the same. The speaker had been talking while jasper's mind relived the past and so he had missed the pronouncement the crowd answered in unison
1: nine have come before this one we give to her
0: jasper's throat had tightened he couldn't say the words had anyone seen him not speak them oh god he was pretty sure no one had noticed the young man in gold struggled and for a moment looked like he was about to slip the noose about his neck But one of the guards quickly grabbed him while another force-fed him green juice from a vial the speaker produced nearby. In seconds, the man's body grew limp and heavy. And then the singing began. Old and young, man and woman alike joined in the dirge-like tune. The song was always the same. Something from long, long ago that spoke of sacrifice and sadness. Jasper watched as the body was lifted and the noose cord was thrown over a large branch a dozen or so feet off the ground. His lips were even moving to the tune of the song as they lifted the man, the speaker calling upon the ancient words to have the wind's help lift the doomed soul high into the air. The young man's long hair blew in the breeze, still hiding his face, as if to spare him that one last indignity before the end. Rain pattered on the soft green grass of the glade all around them. And then, the speaker gestured sharply with his hand. The wind suddenly dropped the young man and the cord snapped tight. A loud crack echoed in the glade. The people of Hunter's Hollow stood silent as the song died in their throats and watched the gentle sway of the body in the light summer storm. Jasper wandered lost in thought, distracted and troubled, as he often was after a gathering. These ancient rites seemed unnecessary to him. He knew what the elders would say. When the tenth person has broken our laws, the offender must become an offering to the spirit of the great tree, the dryad, or else we risk a great curse befalling the hollow. Some claim to have lived through such a time, when speakers of days past had not been strong enough to carry out their charge. During those days, many in the town had died of sickness, war, or famine. But when the rites were observed, peace seemed to settle on the town of Hunter's Hollow, and prosperity followed. Jasper's toe struck something hard, breaking his reverie, and he yelped in shock. He looked up to see the moss-eaten sides of a ring of stones standing three feet high. The broken well. Its trellis of wood where a pail might hang had long since rotted away. The ring of mortared stones stood mostly intact, but time and weather had eaten away at the lip of the well, wearing down the stones in most places. On the southern face, the ring had fallen completely apart, leaving a V-shaped wedge in the moss-covered stones. On the ground nearby, the roots of the great tree could be seen undulating through the uneven soil. Why had he wandered here, so far from home? He shook his head as if the action could somehow whisk him to the warmth of his fire. He hadn't noticed how dewy the land had become and how wet his hair and clothes were. He was cold. It was time to go.
1: Is it time already?
0: The voice was feminine and not one that Jasper recognized. It had a sad tone to it, as if the speaker did not want to know the answer.
1: Who's there?
0: Jasper looked around, a slight fear settling in the pit of his stomach. He couldn't see anyone else amidst the nearby trees.
1: You didn't say the words,
0: the voice continued jasper thought he could see the outline of a person sitting just inside the tree line about twenty paces ahead the light had faded to a dusky gloom so he wasn't sure who it was just yet he took a step towards the figure curiosity winning out over concern for the moment who are you called jasper cautiously his voice suddenly raspy what are you doing in there the figure stood with one smooth motion and stepped into the faded light she was beautiful with long dark hair the color of walnuts, olive skin, and a slender build that reminded him a bit of his mother, dead these many years. He was immediately certain that he both knew her, and that he had never seen her before that day. The sensation overwhelmed him briefly, and he had to pinch the bridge of his nose and close his eyes momentarily to clear his thoughts. When he looked back, she was nearer to him. Her dress was a beautiful gown threaded together with images of flowers winding their way around a tower filled with stars. But when he looked into her large green eyes, he saw a sadness there like he had never seen before.
1: Are you ready to help me find my path?
0: She smiled ruefully.
1: To be my scout?
0: Jasper gaped in confusion. Lily? It couldn't be. This woman was much older and looked nothing like his sister. But still no one had ever called him Scout but her. The woman smiled briefly.
1: I am more than just the Lily child. With your help, I can find my way to the very heart of this land and form my seed once and for all.
0: Jasper tried to step back, but the figure shifted and was suddenly inches from him. He tried to hold her at bay, but he found his arms felt leaden at his sides. He had a sudden flash of the man from the gathering, hands firmly bound behind his back. The woman gently put warm hands on his shoulders. Lily, or whoever you are, look, I don't understand. What are you talking about? What's going on? Why can't I move my arms? Tears fell unbidden from the woman's beautiful face.
1: Please tell me you'll be the one to help me find her, to find my child.
0: Her voice grew softer so he had to strain to hear her. What's happening? Jasper felt as if his world was crashing down around him. Nothing made sense. This strange woman, the heaviness in his arms, her babbling about a missing child, a kaleidoscope of emotions and fears crashed into him like waves at high tide, and he felt the world slide out from under him. Another flash, this time of the townsfolk hoisting the man with the gold investment off his feet. Her voice was like a mother's croon to a scared child, comforting and soft.
1: A brief happiness amidst all this pain and suffering. It's not enough, I know, but it's what I can offer.
0: Her words were gentle as she cradled him in her arms, rocking him back and forth slowly.
1: Now it is time for your offering, Little Scout. He couldn't
0: feel the ground beneath his feet. Why was he looking up into her tear-streaked face? The woman hummed a wordless tune and Jasper found his eyes growing heavy as his pulse began to slow.
1: Our time together grows short.
0: He could feel the weight of her body pressing briefly into his. She kissed him then, a full and passionate kiss. And in that embrace, a spark of something warm and full of possibility transferred from him to her. Jasper shuddered once, a thrill running up his spine a brief sensation of ecstasy, followed by a weighted collapse. A hopeful cry rang out from the woman's lips as she smiled and buried her head into his shoulder. Her hand brushed a stray lock of his hair, and at that moment, the memories peeled away in his mind like the skin of a bright red apple, revealing a horrible, rotten core of truth at its center. He recalled the summons of the bell, the arrival at the gathering, the crowd bunched together, and then the memories shifted to reveal the truth, his name being called. His panic and a brief struggle as strong arms grabbed him, holding him fast, the speaker placing a golden mantle around his shoulders, watching Lily run into the tree line, tears in her eyes, then a judgment he could not escape and a chorus of voices offering him up to her. The woman licked her lips once as if to savor the taste of a fine meal and let her hands fall to her belly gently caressing it through the fabric of her dress.
1: With your spirit, I now have enough collected to form a new seed. Your sacrifice will not be in vain.
0: Jasper felt a great weight on his chest, even as the woman began to recede from his view. He was finding it hard to breathe. A tightness gripped his throat once more as the wind picked up and the distant thunder boomed. Thank you. Her voice was distant and breathy and genuine then it was gone. Jasper forced one eye to open. He found he was no longer lying on his back, but instead was looking down as if from a great height, suspended by a cord around his neck. Lightning flared, illuminating the great tree's branches all around him. Cold wind bitten to his flesh, and rain had soaked his body to the bone. Dark spots danced before his eyes. In the far distance, he could hear the echo of a dirge-like tune. It was a song of sacrifice and sadness. He jerked once before finally stilling. Far below the branches of the great willow tree, a piece of golden cloth lay sodden on the dark green grass, while nearby, a single yellow calla lily sprouted anew.
1: The mother held the babe and wept, The shadows dark and growing, For fortune's grace the child slept, While storms outside were blowing. Her cheeks were wet with fear and grief, She sobbed against fate's power, As she laid her babe into The leaves of green and golden flowers Nine others watched and sang the lines Their hearts for her would follow The petals closed and soon entwined The child in their hollow The mother lunges once in vain to cheat this doomed filled hour, strong hands they hold her as she strains to grasp the golden flowers. The words are chanted quicker now. All hearts and hymns are breaking. The nine they stand, their heads are bowed. The mother prone and shaking. The ancient words of elders sung. Nine voices fill the tower. A wind begins to stir among. The green and golden flowers. With lightning's crash and thunder's wail the spell at last is finished. The seed will grow beyond the veil. Our race will not diminish. And from the loss of one's true heart in our most desperate hour a new child shall one day depart from green and Golden flowers.
0: And with that, our story comes to a close. A rather tragic tale, to be sure. I've always loved the story of the Dryad, though. A creature bound to a plant and able to feel the cycle of nature more keenly than many other fairies. I'd never really considered, though, what might happen to one that was bound to a tree dedicated to death thus a story was born and if truth be told i wanted to write a song for my wife to sing to the tune of that old irish ballad the wind that shakes the barley a song that i find to be as sad as it is hauntingly beautiful just like our dryad thank you for tuning in today's tale was written narrated and produced by chuck D. yeager voice talent was provided by zane bailey clem Teager, tanya yeager and myself the singer for The Green and Golden Flowers was Tanya Jaeger. All music is by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. If you have a story about a monster and want to join the illustrious writers of the Monster Nation, feel free to contact us at themonsterboxawaits at gmail.com. And until next time, remember,
1: there's a story within every monster.